parent-teacher conferences. I'm driving home from parent-teacher conferences. Music? Yeah? No? Okay. Uh, anyway. Hello! I'm Chuck. I'm an educator with a new job this year and a new commute. And you are riding shotgun and me exploring what in the world to do with all this extra time in the car. Welcome to the Drive Time Diary for tonight. I'm on the way home from school at uh, 7.50 p.m. Uh, after our second night of parent-teacher conferences. And uh, this was the first time in many years where um, all of my conferences weren't pre-scheduled. My last school, uh, even if we were Zoom or in person, uh, every um, every parent uh, or guardian or adult grown up had to schedule a time on a, a, a scheduler that we had um, to meet with the teacher. Uh, the benefit to that is I know who's coming and so I can be a little more prepared about what I'm going to say about that kid, uh, whether good or bad. Or the good and bad, really, uh, is what I would prefer to do. Um, what's that called? The sandwich method or something? You say a good thing and then a bad thing and then a good thing. Um, and, yeah, so you can, you can like, work on your sandwich if you know who's going to come. And on our first day, so this is Wednesday, I'm recording this, on Monday afternoon slash evening, we had Zoom conferences that we did have parents schedule and, and sign up for for a time slot and that was uh, actually I only had four in our three hours of conferences on Monday so like 40 minutes that I was actually meeting with parents then uh, which was really different because in my last school I had to purposefully schedule in extra breaks or I was gonna be sitting on zoom non-stop for like three hours um, which is awesome because it means that um, parents want to meet with you uh, which is fantastic that's part of the social con contract right listeners uh, we talk about that a lot here on the drive time uh, the social contract is teacher um, meet with me and let my kid know how they're doing and um, be available for parent-teacher conference and our side of that is okay when we have conferences please come uh, and I think in schools where the social contract with the public schools is functioning well then you are able to um, get a high attendance rate um, I think it's up to the school to uh, create an environment in which you're gonna get that high attendance rate. Uh, if you're having conferences, like when I was in fourth grade or sixth grade, or maybe both, my school, my elementary school that I was attending, had conferences during the day. Like I think from the teacher side of that, that was so that um, they didn't have to like give a comp day like uh, districts do now, and it was just, that was the teacher's work day that day was meeting with parents but if parents wanted to go to that uh, they had to take off uh, or be off 
Like, uh, my parents worked nights for a lot of my childhood, so um, they could have attended in that scenario because they would have just gotten off of work and been exhausted and whatnot. Uh, but if you were having, if, if a school was having parent-teacher conferences or parent meetings during the day and no one was able to show up because no one was able to uh, get childcare or, or take off work and come, it would be dishonest and ingenuous for the school to say, parents don't support us, uh, no one wants to come to parent-teacher conferences, we held them and the attendance rate was 23% or whatever. Um, if the school knowingly proceeds with a plan that they know won't work with families, then on that side of the social contract of public schools, uh, the school is being unjust and um, wrong. Uh, and so we have to offer parent-teacher conferences in a way that families can't come. So I was really excited that we did this hybrid that kind of let parents choose their modality of meeting with the parents, or meeting with the teachers. So we had Zoom on Monday, and then tonight, all of the teachers were in the cafeteria, and it was unscheduled, and just pop in, find the table that your child's teacher is sitting at, and meet with them. Uh, in this scenario, it's a lot handier to, um, to meet with all the teachers at to get through your, your kids' whole schedule. It's a lot easier than if we were all in our own classrooms because then the parents have to navigate the building, they have to go there. Let's say that there's a line at that teacher's door. They're kind of committed to staying there because otherwise they would have to walk down the hallway and, and try to find some other thing. Uh, when we do conferences in a, a big space like that, um, if Mr. Baker's table has a line, maybe I can be looking over and seeing that Mr. Guthrie is open and I'm also trying to meet with Mr. Guthrie, so maybe I'll pop over there instead. That kind of thing, uh, which is good for parents. Um, the disadvantage to doing it this way is uh, since it's not like scheduled, then conferences, some conferences are going to go longer than others and sometimes uh, it's it's like a little bit less equitable on how long we make parents wait and how long each parent gets to end up talking about their, their child with the teacher um, so that's that's the disadvantage to that um, didn't really run into that problem today uh, but maybe I did and I just didn't even notice it because mr. Baker had a line at his table um, <laughs> In a good way. Uh, I've had a line before, and it was some parents that were looking forward to being mad at me for the grade that their kid had. Uh, I did not have any scenarios like that, but uh, there's some grades that um, maybe I really wish I would have heard from that parent. Um, well, I didn't have only A's, uh, which is good. I had. Um, lots of parents that I was talking to that um, there were steps that, that we needed to take um, me, them, that student uh, to show some growth and, and to find a path forward to more success, more success. Uh, and it was really good that we had that conversation. I didn't have as many of those conversations as I would like to but 
um, we were able to have some. It wasn't just all, hey, your kid has an A, they're great, um, goodbye, that kind of thing. Um, you like to see those kids too, because then you can talk about the future. Um, one of my A students that came in, uh, their dad then asked, like, what's the next class I'm going to take? What's after that? So I was able to um, talk up AP stats, um, which for this kid would be like three years in the future. Um, but put that wrinkle in there, keep the program alive. Um, but the best one, that's that's the whole reason I, I, I wanted to record this podcast episode. I was thinking about not even doing it, but uh, I had two really positive ones. The first one was a mom who their kid is Henri. Henri! And they know it. Like, if your kid is is Henri, like, you know that. Uh, and so, when we send them out into the world, we just hope that they suppress some of their Henriness uh, for the sake of other people. And so, uh, I was able to talk to her about a lot of the time that her child has been a leader and like a positive force for good in the classroom. And then the other 10-15% where he's still a little ornery. Uh, and we were actually able to, to share a, a story about uh, him figuring out a way that uh, I told her about how he had kind of figured out the button to push yesterday in my class and kept pushing it. Uh, and then she shared a story about uh, a time that he had done that same thing to her um, and but but through what she said and what I had told her it seems like there's like this arc of him maturing and um, uh, figuring out when that silliness and, and honoriness is appropriate and when it's not and so that was really cool and that was a really great conversation to have that would not have happened face-to-face if we did not have this pre-arranged parent-teacher conference night. Uh, so that was awesome. And then the other one, I had a student that um, their home language is Spanish. And the school district, I'm, I'm pretty sure, can set this up to have interpreters there at the table for, um, I think it was somewhere between five and ten families that needed this. Uh, so I got to talk to one of them. And it was just really fun because um, I have been doing Duolingo for several years and um, remember Spanish from high school and used to mess around and practice my Spanish with the Spanish teacher next door at my last school and would uh, stay up on what the kids were learning in Spanish class um, because I enjoy learning it learning the language um but I don't often get to practice it so um it was really fun to try to spanglish um my way through some of that so that uh I could attempt to hear some things that the um the mother was was saying to the interpreter before the interpreter spoke and um as I got a little more comfortable as our meeting went on um, for me to try to speak directly to the mom in a few ways. Um, and that was just a really fun moment also. 
and I hope from her perspective that she saw my effort in me saying in Spanish to the kid, um, I, his English is fine, um, but um, I wanted to say it to him so she could hear and, and, and hear that moment also, um, to say to him, Tienes un ocho ochenta y tres. You have a 83. I don't know if that's the, actually the way that they would say it in um, in Spanish for real, but I mean, it, if you put that into Google Translate, I know it would say you have a 83. Um, and uh, what's another thing I said? Um, oh, I told her that um, um, the kid's project needs 30 lines. So I was able to look right at her and say, Necesita, he needs 30 más lines, Nines, uh, the, the translator helped me with. Uh, and so me being able to look at her and say that, I think um, facilitated her asking another question to the translator to um, get some more clarification on what this kid's project was supposed to be. Um, and I got to say, ahora mismo, right now, I don't know if context of, where, of how I said that application of it was right, but uh, I got to practice that as, as the conference went on, and, and that was just a really fun moment of connecting with the parent, and uh, shout out to my school for getting the translator there, because otherwise I just would have been a train wreck. Not a train wreck, but just like the mom would have been sitting there, and the kid um, would not have really been able to translate that, um, so it was really cool that we were able to do that, and... I got to practice my Espanol, and um, that's like the reason why I do it. Like I, I don't have any grand plans to um, travel to Latin countries. Um, not like that's not why I'm learning it, but I want to be able to um, connect with a person that their um, language of choice is Spanish, um, especially if that's like all they have, uh, to be able to make a connection there and speak to them in their heart language, that's really important to me also. So that's why I, that's why I practice my Duolingo. Um, and my wife actually got to have that kind of moment before I even did, um, which was cool. Um, Two summers ago at, at our church at the Vacation Bible School, she had this kid show up that um, like only spoke Spanish. <laughs> and uh, it, was, it was like this kindergartner, four-year-old or something. And typically the way logistically that we do that, we have a, um, a teacher, uh, a, a leader in our program that is on staff part-time that is Mexican, was born in Mexico, and so I, I think logistically, usually, um, she just takes any kid that's a Spanish speaker, and even if they're not quite the right age, um, they just go upstairs with her. Um, but somehow that didn't, those wires got crossed, and so this child that was exclusively a Spanish speaker um, shows up in my wife's um, group for the week, uh, and so 
she found out really quick that I think I think she she knew she had learned more Spanish from her studying on Duolingo than she thought she had um, and so she was coming home every day with like the story of uh, of things that she got to practice and ways that she got to try to connect with this kid because of what she had learned um, and it was so fun to watch just her um, to have done something to be available to have a connecting moment with somebody uh, to make them feel comfortable and um, to then um, hear how God was able to use her to connect with that kid and um, um, give her an opportunity to He's a pretty stuff. And she got that kind of cool teacher story before I even did. So uh, this is a much smaller level today, uh, connecting with the mom, also via a translator. Um, but that was really fun. I kind of have my own kernel of a story now uh, also. And that kind of moment is what makes working in industries where um, we help develop and connect and grow people um, so rewarding is just um, those connections and so for all the the goods and bads of parent-teacher conferences the long nights uh, the fact I still have to go back to work uh, at the normal time tomorrow and um, when sometimes you have angry parents at your table and all of that, uh, great night tonight. Super glad we got to do it. Super glad I got that opportunity to um, say a lot of good news to parents. And super glad to be going home now. That's all for this drive. Thanks for riding shotgun with me. Uh, I'd love to hear your parent-teacher conference stories as a parent or as a uh, on the teacher end if you're an educator. Or if you were a student having to sit at your your own parent-teacher conference, uh, if you've got a cringe story there, hit me up on Instagram at Dry Time Diary or Mr. C. Baker for Math or on the X at Chuck C. Baker. That's all for now. Drive safe. <laughs>